Welcome to the Pena Show, where it's all about inspiring you to live a healthier, happier, and more meaningful life. This is your host, Juan. And I'm Stephanie. In this episode, we'll be interviewing Olympic hopeful Oscar Kemjika. In this week's Happy Couple segment, we'll be talking about criticism mm. and why it's bad for your relationship and how you can use a soft startup instead. To become a member of our awesome online community and join other like-minded folks who are interested in living a happier, healthier, more meaningful life, visit us at thepeñashow.com. weekend we have a special event coming up you want to tell them where we're going babe yeah we're going to be taking a little trip and a ferry over to martha's vineyard that's right we're going to be going there and i'm going to be doing the half marathon there yeah. i'm really excited about going there because i've never been there before <laughs> <laughs> and uh it should be a lot of fun i mean it's yeah. going to be along the the shore and uh it should be a beautiful marathon. Yeah, I look forward to cheering you on. <laughs> really good, really good. We'll get lots of video for you all to share, and we'll report back what we think of that marathon. Yes. And today's show, we have special guest Oscar Kemjica joining us. You ever feel like you have a talent or potential, and you kind of get by on it, but you never really fully realize it? Well, in this episode, we're going to find out how Oscar, an Olympic hopeful, was able to turn his potential for running and take it to the next level and pursue his dream to make it to the Olympics in 2020. That's right. And speaking of the Olympics, did you ever have a fantasy or dream of competing in any any sport? Yeah, you know, I think most people would probably think I'll say the marathon or running. But actually, I think the the, the fantasy I have in the Olympics is more related to weightlifting. So oh, I, I see, see those that. Uh, yep. weightlifters do that clean and press and just kind of the speed and the pure strength involved. Uh, it's pretty cool, I have to say. I could see that. I could yeah. see that, yeah. And what about you, darling? What, uh, what event would you do? So I've always had a fantasy of being an Olympic figure skater. Uh, you know, I'm not that great of a figure skater and it's really impressive to see their moves and their uh -huh. flips and their jumps. And, uh, -huh. uh I really like their costumes, too. Uh, <laughs> you would be a great Olympic figure Thank skater. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to be picking up our interview with Oscar, where we recorded at Brick Studios. And uh, we really hope you enjoy um, our talk that we had. Cool. Yeah, Oscar, man, you came all the way from the Bronx to, to Brooklyn. Was it a long yeah. trip? It was quite long. It was about an hour and a half. Damn. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Yeah. You got a nice shirt on there. Thank you. This is um, IB Fit. This is my brand. Uh, yeah. Fitness, hip-hop, and fashion intertwined into one. Nice. Uh, what we do is we innovate. We believe in empower. We instill uh -huh. belief in people by believing that they can achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're innovative in the sense that we're bringing a new twist to fitness, not just about the physical aspect, but also the mental and the emotional. And we empower people to empower others. 
Nice. Because once you do that, it's like you're making a difference in people's lives. So that's what we're about. Sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet. Is there a music aspect to your business too? In a boot camp, a fitness boot camp class this month, and I'm excited about that because that's a different avenue from what I'm used to. I've been a fitness professional professional for over nine years now, uh-huh. but I've never done that, like had a boot camp class. And I'm I excited see. about that because that element has a hip-hop element into it. Yeah. It's not a Zumba class, but it has some dope hip-hop music and inspired, you know, like kind of an inspirational tool to get people in the zone in the, during the workout. So yeah. looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah. So the the playlist that you'll be using, did you put that together yourself? Yeah. Is this music you use to motivate it's yourself? It's definitely yeah. a reflection of me okay, and yeah. other gym heads that I work out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I know I definitely I got, have like a couple go-to, like yeah. I need motivation songs. So many of us have this dream sometimes or, or thought of being in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And you see these runners running or, you know, weightlifters lifting. Mm-hmm. And then you just have this like fantasy of being there and doing something amazing like that. Right. And then, um, and then we wake up, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and we eat the Cheerios or yeah. the whatever the Reality the Twinkies, yep. yeah, yeah, the Twinkies or whatever. Uh, but uh, your this is a dream of yours. But you, you've you've actually pursued this dream yes. of yes. wanting to do this. So I wonder yeah. if you could talk a little bit about how this became a dream of yours. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about what it means to try to make the Olympics. It's a grueling process, one. Yeah. Um, even if you haven't competed there, but the preparation uh-huh. by itself, it's uh-huh. like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Wake up. That's all you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about, okay, this is the process, this, the creative process in your head of vi- race visualization. Yeah. And putting yourself in that arena in front of these thousands of people. It's like, you know, um, and being called an Olympian is the athlete's dream. It's like the... Mount Rushmore. It's like the the highest peak mm-hmm. of one's athletic career, and um, I'm there the past three and a half years, um, just visualizing myself there. I did fall short, but I look back at the process. I feel like a champion. Mm-hmm. If I'm not an Olympian, I'm at least a champion to mm-hmm. myself because mm-hmm. I went out and I tried mm-hmm. and I gave it my all. Mm-hmm. And um, win or lose, you know, you just think about how hard you work. You yeah. can look yourself in the mirror and say, mm-hmm. man, you worked hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like a self-respect mm-hmm. that you have as mm-hmm. an athlete towards yourself. I wonder if, can you say a little bit about, like, what, when did you start when wanting to, to okay. do this and mm-hmm. the story behind that? I would say senior year in high school. I was 17 years old. That was, like, my best year in track in high school. And I was making that transition to just doing this, like, for fun as a substitute or replacement for basketball, which is my first love, mm-hmm. to something that I fell in love with. Then I started looking at, you know, Olympic. I look. I saw the Olympics in Athens like the year before in 2004, and I was inspired by that. And I was like, man, what if I can really do this one day, you know? And then the next year, things started to get really serious about college. You start thinking about, you know, running D1 track and mm-hmm. how much faster times you need to run and all this stuff, how competitive it is. That was the time for me, summer 20, two, uh, 2005, when I turned 18, I was an AAU champion down in Florida. What does that mean, AAU Championship? Amateur Athletic Union. I competed at the um, AAU Championships that summer mm-hmm. when I turned 18 in, t- in 2005 after mm-hmm. I graduated high school, mm-hmm. and I won the 800-meter championship mm-hmm. in the Eastern Region. Mm-hmm. And that right there was a crowning moment that's, that sparked, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the fire and the desire to say, you know what, look, I'm a really, I see myself mm-hmm. becoming an Olympian one day. Maybe I can try this. 
So you saw it like, hey, I may have a shot here. It's one of those achievements that lets you know that you're capable of great things. Mm -hmm. And it just takes hard work, you know, mm -hmm. obviously. But you're just dreaming. You know, you're still young, 18. Mm -hmm. You're like, man, man, I can do this, you know. Mm -hmm. You feel like you could take on the world. And then mm -hmm. from there, it was just like growing, um, going through life. Mm -hmm. Life hit me. Mm -hmm. uh, college, of course. And then I had a little bumps in the road where I wasn't as consistent in my training. Mm -hmm. Looking back in hindsight now, it's always 2020. You think, man, if I was just that serious back then, I would have been an Olympian already. Mm -hmm. Maybe more than once, maybe two times over by now. Mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Where, where did you go to school? Uh, John F. Kennedy High School in yeah. the Bronx, Riverdale area. Okay, that was your high school? Yeah, that's my high school, and I went to Lehman College. Lehman College? Yeah. And, and in those years, I kind of took those years for granted as well because mm -hmm. my talent was greater than my, my work ethic. It shouldn't have been that way. Mm -hmm. My work ethic should have matched my talent. And it wasn't until, I would say, four years ago when I started to really aim towards 2016 Olympics mm. that I started to focus more and be more dedicated and more disciplined in the ground. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in college, you were talented, so you were winning races. I was winning races. I was one of the fastest guys on the team. But my uh, work ethic as far as practicing wasn't... It wasn't matched. where it needed to be to be at the Olympics. No. no, it wasn't. Definitely not. But... The fact that you're winning kind of, again, gives you a little bit more. If, like, if I can I, do this. Yeah. I'm not even trying that hard, right. and I'm winning. Mm -hmm. If I tried hard, I could do this. Yes. Blow it out of the water, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, you go through college. Mm -hmm. At what point was that switch turned on where it stopped being something that you were just kind of using your talent, taking that for granted? At what point did it become, I'm going to really give it my best shot here mm -hmm. and, and w was there something that happened in particular that set that off in you yes there's a couple things yeah. one big one was the 2012 olympics in mm -hmm. london i was home just watching like man you could have really been there dog like this is like and you just think to yourself like what does it really take because you're talented you love this but you didn't work as hard mm -hmm. so now next time around you got to make sure you do it that was it for me, just sitting at home watching the 2012 London Olympic Games. That mm -hmm. really hurt me to say, like, man, time is going by. you got to really make this happen for yourself. The other thing was I look back at all my accomplishments that I achieved in life, and I still had this one thing that I did not achieve yet mm -hmm. that, that would have made me happy and, you know, mm -hmm. paved the way for everything else that I wanted to do in my life, especially my brand. Mm -hmm. And that was becoming an Olympian. And it still is to this day. Mm -hmm. I haven't achieved it yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm not done. 2012, you're, you're now now the fire's turned on. <laughs> you're feeling it in your heart. Yeah. You know, it hurts that you're not right. there. You're mm -hmm. going to be like, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Right? So then what wh wh what happens from there? I mean, you do you did you get a coach or, yeah. or, or are you because I know you, you have a lot of experience in education in this too. Or yeah. are, you, are you coaching yourself? Or how does that work in terms of actually... Put it into action. So during the games, I was going out on runs. <laughs> I was going out on runs, and I'm just trying to get myself mentally there and physically there back into that kind of shape. But you need an you need an extra set of eyes. Yeah. And you also need surrounding of you know a group of people that have the same goal as you. Yeah. So I was looking for a track club. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been to a, I haven't been on a track club for a couple of years since, and you know I needed to find new motivation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my old college coach told me about this kid who made the Olympics, who's around in Central Park Track Club. So I joined Central Park Track Club the following fall. I see. And that was like the changing point for me. Like I was really okay. I was yeah, I had a bullseye on this kid's back. <laughs> like I was like, yo, he he made it. You yeah. know, we won the same race. Why not me? Uh -huh. And he was he's been my training buddy 
from that time up until I would say the fall of 20, 2015. Nice. That's when I left um, Central Park. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I've gotten many, many places with that. You know, I've gotten further than I ever thought. I ran some great races. I PR'd, ran my personal best couple years. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great experience running with an Olympian and training with an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mind? What's his name? Do you oh, Julius Mutekanga. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, from Uganda. All right, yeah, he awesome. ran 2012 Olympics in London for Uganda. And it, are you guys are in the same event or, or different? Yes, events? 800 meter. Yeah, 800, 800 meters. Meter, yeah. yeah, half mile, two two laps around the track. So yeah, say a little bit about that uh, event. 800. 800 meters is how, how much? It's mile? a half mile. It's, it's a, a half, half mile. mile. Two laps around a 400 meter track. Yeah. Um, for indoor, it's four laps yeah. around. Uh, it's it's a grueling race. Yeah. Uh, track runners know that that's one of the toughest races in track yeah. and field. For many reasons, it's not it's not a sprint, it's not an all-out sprint, yeah. and it's not something where you can conserve too much energy. Yeah. You, it's really like a long sprint. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's two laps where you can't really hiccup much, you can't think too much, but you can't slow down at all. you got to keep a nice steady pace, yeah. and then gun-ho, like really start very well and finish and pull it in towards the finish. So it's a really strategic race, mm-hmm. and um, it's tough, mentally and physically. Yeah. Oh man, we did um, the Fifth Avenue Mile yeah. with the New York Roadrunners. I don't know if you know yeah, that yeah, race, I'm but we were like, we're gonna run this mile as fast as we possibly can to get our times down, mm-hmm. so we're not in like the last corral. Right. So I did like eight something, eight minutes something, okay. and that was horrible. <laughs> and if you go online and look at the pictures, it looks like I'm dying, and they actually make me laugh a lot because I just yeah. looked like I was in so much pain. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I did it in under nine minutes. I was really impressed yeah. and then they were like it doesn't count <laughs> it counts for you though it, yeah, it does yeah, it counts yeah, in my heart yeah. Yeah. it counts in my heart how, how fast how fast do you do a mile a mile well my best was 418 but you know i don't train for that event it's, yeah. it's a tough race to the mile yeah. you know but uh my, my, it's half mile is my focus gotcha you know, gotcha yeah. gotcha so then how, how, what's your best time for the 800 148.8 wow. that's hand time fat is 150.73 so I was seconds away from qualifying. What do you have to do in order to qualify for the Olympics? They have a standard, Olympic qualifying standards that you have to reach at a, before a certain deadline, before the games. So this past year, um, 2016, the deadline was second weekend in July. Every four years they say, this is the time that you have to be. If mm-hmm. you beat this time, you're, you're part of the team. Is that, is that how it works? You get considered to compete. Right, mm-hmm. and in your respective country, like me, I was going to compete for Nigeria. Yeah, because I had that luxury to compete for the U.S. or Nigeria mm-hmm. through citizenship. So now, if you reach the time, you would still have to run around qualifying um, season, which is normally May, June, before July mm-hmm. cutoff time. They usually take anywhere between four to eight athletes. It also depends on time too globally. Um, so they pull from the most talented and fastest amongst in, in a particular race. Yeah. So let me see if I got this straight. So you you got to beat the qualifying time, yes. and then you compete in certain races. Yeah, so it's Olympic trials. Olymp- yeah, Olympic every, trials. Yeah, every country has the Olympic trials. Yes. So um, once you compete there, um, based off time and like top three or four, you're uh-huh. automatically qualified for the I games. For the I games. see. I see. And is it, is it one race tournament or is it multiple ones that you have to do? They have rounds. Yes. So depending on the race, normally it's one or two rounds, sometimes three rounds. You have your semifinals, your quarterfinals, and finals. Those competitive races that, you know, 100, 200 meters, they normally have three, three rounds that you have to go through. Yeah. My race um, for, for my particular country was just one, one round because we didn't have too many 800-meter mm. runners. So I it see. put us all in one heat. But 
again, I still had to reach that qualifying standard, I which see. I didn't. You were close. A few seconds. Like, I forget it sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. Away. Yeah. That must have uh, hurt. Um, I'm never one to give up from something that I really want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So I got 2020 staring me in the face right now. I'm staring it in the face, and I'm mm -hmm. saying, "Okay, Tokyo, this. I'm not gonna say it's my last shot, mm -hmm. but I know that Father Time." Sometimes it's no man's best friend. Mm -hmm. So I really want to make it happen this time around, and I mm -hmm. know that I know exactly what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I came that close last time around, so I feel like I'm already there. I just gotta make it happen. Do you, Do you feel like you're more confident now? Absolutely. In terms because of I've, actually being able to do it. Yeah, because I finally went to the trials. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. the preparation, the mentality towards the preparation is the same. Mm -hmm. Now the work ethic, mm -hmm. turn it up a notch. Mm -hmm. What haven't I done, or mm -hmm. what should I do better? Mm -hmm. That's the experience. That's that's the advantage of having that experience before, because mm -hmm. you know where you can tweak things and improve, and mm -hmm. you know to make sure you make it next time. 2012, 2020? 2020. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo. Yeah. Have you been to Tokyo? And that's one of the places <laughs> on my bucket list to go <laughs> visit, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're very much embedded in hip hop culture and fashion too. So that's awesome. And I, you know, this brand hopefully you know can make noise out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <what I'm saying>. <laughs> <laughs> When we were watching the Olympics um, in Rio this summer, yeah. we were, like, trying to work out a mental budget. Like, we should go watch the Olympics. Like, <laughs> like why don't we go? Um, yeah. So, Tokyo, man, I'm down. Because it's, like, an excuse to travel, yes. but yeah. you're also supporting your country. And yeah. maybe we'll actually know somebody competing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, How this process has changed you. Made me stronger mentally, um, physically. Emotionally, I'm able to handle setbacks better. Mm -hmm. um, I'm able to handle disappointments better. I'm able to handle uh, the pressures of the moment better mm -hmm. when they present themselves. Mm -hmm. um, as an athlete, I can now say that I've tried many times, but mm -hmm. I'm not willing to fail or give up. Mm -hmm. um, I can accept failure, mm -hmm. but only when I've tried. Mm -hmm. When success comes after trying so much, it's even more sweet because now you've experienced failure and you won't take your successes for granted. Mm -hmm. When I do become an Olympian, I can look back at all these times that I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. I wanted to I wanted to be a story to tell to others mm -hmm. you know, and inspire others mm -hmm. as well. Can you say a little bit about what your training is like? What I'm doing is tour days. I'm doing my morning runs, then I lift, sometimes in the afternoon, late afternoon or evenings. My diet, right now I'm not competing, right now I'm not in competition season right now, but during competition season is more strict. I would, you know, make sure that I get my proteins and eat the right carbs, especially before race day. You want to make mm -hmm. sure you put in the right carbs in your body. Mm -hmm. Simple sugars you want to put to a minimum or none mm -hmm. at all. Uh, you want to have more complex carbs, mm -hmm. uh, like the whole wheats and the grains, mm -hmm. um, a lot of fruits and vegetables in your diet. You don't want to skip any meals. You want to keep your metabolism up, right? Mm -hmm. And also, I've been more focused on vitamins and mineral intake mm -hmm. to supplement my diet because mm. um, that's very important to you know keep my energy levels up mm -hmm. throughout the day so you lift weights yes what, what what sort of lifts do you do when you lift weights olympic lifts deadlifts squats lunges different types of core exercises uh, mm -hmm. you know just challenging posterior chain adductors abductors mm-hmm Total body conditioning. <laughs> yeah, you know. One of your specialties yeah. is strength, um, strength training. Strength training. Yeah. And then also weight loss, too. Yeah. People say, oh, running, you shouldn't run if you want to lose weight. You should mm -hmm. lift or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or or maybe sometimes I've heard 
people think, and I think we, we, mm-hmm. we maybe all feel a little bit like this sometimes, where you're running so you feel like, oh, I could eat whatever I want mm-hmm. because I'm running so much. Right. Or strength training and mm-hmm. running, that those two things are not compatible, you know, that you're going to get too big or too okay. bulky. Right. So I wonder if you could say a little bit about that. What's the role of strength training? If your goal is weight loss, how does that work mm-hmm. with running? Okay, so there's a proper balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, more muscle you have, the more fat you burn, actually. So if mm-hmm. it's weight loss that you're looking for, mm-hmm. specifically fat pounds to be lost, mm-hmm. then you do want to do some strength training, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you do excess cardio, you're taking away from the muscle gain. Mm-hmm. Right, so it has to be a healthy balance. Now, mm-hmm. yes, doing both, they are compatible. One one helps the other, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Strength training has helped me prevent injury, mm-hmm. especially with running on hard pavements like New York City. We have a lot of concrete around, mm-hmm. so as a runner, I needed that extra, mm-hmm. you know, muscle muscle mass mm-hmm. to help, you know, combat against those wear and tears, and you know, the, the wear and tear of shin splints and all those things, mm-hmm. pressure on the knee. That mm-hmm. helped me as a runner. Mm-hmm. So, but for weight loss. You do not want to neglect weight training for that reason. It increases your body metabolism, mm-hmm. and it helps you burn fat at rest. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're just doing cardio, you're burning fat calories then and there. Mm-hmm. But when you consume food, mm-hmm. sometimes you're just putting it right back. So now how do we keep it off? Mm-hmm. Strength training does because when you're breaking down the muscle fibers, mm-hmm. what is it using to burn fuel mm-hmm. using fat calories? Mm-hmm. That's why you burn more fat calories mm-hmm. and increase body metabolism through strength training. Mm-hmm. High intensity, yes. High yeah. intensity interval training is very yeah. effective. Mm-hmm. Cross training is very effective, which incorporates HIIT training, which is high intensity mm-hmm. interval training. And they've, su- they've done studies on it you know, many times that shows how you burn more fat calories in a shorter duration mm-hmm. and how it's more beneficial long term for you mm-hmm. to lose. Mm-hmm. Not just any kind of pounds, but fat mm-hmm. pounds specifically, which is what we all want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Set fat. You know, this the, this podcast is geared towards people who are novice runners, but really people who are maybe thinking more of doing a marathon or a mm-hmm. longer distance. If you could say a little bit of, about the difference between training for like a half mile, mm-hmm. 800 meter type race versus a marathon. The whole program, mm-hmm. it's a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a shorter race, mm-hmm. but the approach is... Um, you're breaking it up into four parts. Mm-hmm. Whereas the marathon, you're breaking it up to a whole lot of parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that the half mile takes a lot of you know, discipline as far as the total body conditioning aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it starts. It starts with core conditioning. Mm-hmm. It starts with strength training as mm-hmm. a base. Mm-hmm. It starts with mileage as a base. Mm-hmm. But then there's a phase where you turn into more speed. I see. Right, and that happens a lot quickly than when you're training for the marathon. Mm-hmm. Training for the marathon is a long program of building a strong mile base, mm-hmm. but then you have to build endurance. And it's midway, midpoint, you have to be able to run 18 miles comfortably. Mm-hmm. That's why you have those shorter races like mm-hmm. the 5K, work your way up to the 10K, work your way up to a half. Mm-hmm. Once you do the half, you say, I'm halfway there. I can do half a marathon. <laughs> now, that does something to you mentally because now the next step is to run another five miles uh-huh. and get to an 18-mile mark. And which a lot of marathoners or, you know, people who've run a marathon either once or at least once, uh-huh. they say that mile 18, around mile 18, mile 19, 20, mm-hmm. that's the area at which they start to break down mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. So, and that's interesting because, you know, I had a, a client who just finished running a marathon. Mm-hmm. And she told me that before she got to 20-mile runs, the 18-mile run was the most gruesome. And I've spoken to marathoners, and they told me the same thing. It's like, you know, you're building up um, stamina. You're building up 
mental endurance too because there's a lot of mental breakdown that happens after running a, I'm running 18 miles mm -hmm. so I think that the difference is um, the approach long term mm -hmm. like how do you how do you how do you break down the body to be able to sustain the race mm -hmm. right half mile is so much shorter than a marathon that I can't even compare the two before but as a half mile I can say that you know um, my training philosophy is different from what, who I've trained um, the marathoners that I've trained in the past mm -hmm. you know they have to go through mental hurdles after mental hurdle with us it's more more conditioning on the physical level more so than the mental level I see yeah mm -hmm. Juan trained me to do a couple halves mm -hmm. and I find like the 10 mm -hmm. those last few miles are mm -hmm. intense mm -hmm. yeah. intense <laughs> your, your, your next one is to just try to run 18 miles and 18. then you say to yourself okay I can run another 8 maybe. Uh, we'll see we'll see. I'll let you know yeah. next time see yeah. you <laughs> so for, for folks who do want to do a, a marathon mm -hmm. any training tips or advice about how they should go about yeah. preparing themselves and doing this? For starters, you want to be able to say you ran a 5K. You yeah. want to be able to say you ran a 10K mm -hmm. and a half marathon. If you've never done any of those things, mm -hmm. you want to put that on your bucket list first. <laughs> your approach... Baby steps. Baby yeah, steps. baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. Your approach should be, how, how can I run three miles comfortably? Mm -hmm. Then how can I run it again and beat that, that time mm -hmm. that I previously ran? Mm -hmm. And again... And again, that's how you prepare for the 5K. Mm -hmm. 5K is 3.1 miles. Mm -hmm. You get yourself running three miles comfortably, get into a groove. Mm -hmm. you give yourself twice a week mm -hmm. starting. Mm -hmm. Then you move up to three times a week running three miles. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you're accumulating mileage, mm -hmm. right? The more you do something, the better you're going to be at it. I don't want to go into the technical details of training. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to be as simple as possible yeah. for those who've never run a marathon yeah. before. If you run three miles and you work your way up to six, yeah. you get to run a 10K, mm -hmm. 5K. 10k mm -hmm. after that you can double up your mileage mm -hmm. next thing you know you're running 10 miles comfortably mm -hmm. then what's the half marathon three miles more than that mm -hmm. so you take it bit by bit baby steps mm -hmm. confidence builds after that you start to see that your endurance builds after that physical capacity builds mm -hmm. and it's like you know uh your mental hurdles are being shattered one by one mm -hmm. with each milestone mm -hmm. from three miles to six miles to ten mm -hmm. miles then that half marathon is like the biggest one. Mm -hmm. For the marathoners who I've trained and I spoke to, mm -hmm. they say after they ran a half marathon, they had to run the marathon. It's almost like a must now. Um, you work with clients. If, if mm -hmm. somebody, like, what, what's that process like if somebody wanted to work with you? The first thing is I would find out their why. Mm -hmm. I will try to get into their mental because mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to feel like mm -hmm. um, they have a motivation mm -hmm. and this is their why. So mm -hmm. that can help them. So I can bring that up whenever they feel down or discouraged. Mm -hmm. Remember you said this is why you wanted to do it? Mm -hmm. You know, there's no backing out now. I think that's important. <laughs> um, so with dealing with me, I like to get into the mental of the client first, uh -huh. figure out their why. Secondly, I would like to, you know, give them incentives, um, help them feel re encourage like mm -hmm. encourage encourage them all the time you know mm -hmm. give them like you know a little pats on the back when they reach a milestone if mm -hmm. no matter how small it is mm -hmm. you know because that's keeps them going that mm -hmm. lets them know that someone's watching someone's rooting them on supporting mm -hmm. them through this journey because it's a long journey mm -hmm. um especially if you're going from zero to 26.2 miles you mm -hmm. know it's like you know you've never been a runner before mm -hmm. and um and i know i can do it because now i just I, I have bragging rights that i trained someone who just started running two years ago who just completed her first marathon nice. yeah. this past November. Wow. And her story is amazing to me. Her mental capacity is what does it. Yeah. She doesn't look, she's not built like a runner naturally, mm -hmm. but because she's been doing it, she's been doing the work. You can look mm -hmm. at her now, you can tell she's a tough cookie. Mm -hmm. And she's somebody who I've learned from 
the mm-hmm. past year and um, mm-hmm. year and about 16 months, past year and four mm-hmm. months that I've been training her, that, listen, once you're mentally locked in on something and mm-hmm. focused on something, you can achieve it, no matter how big it is, the marathon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, skydiving, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can achieve it just mm-hmm. by being that mm-hmm. focused and that mm-hmm. driven, mentally Amazing. tough. You brought something up that I wanted to ask if, um, as you being also a trainer for other folks, if your clients ever have things offered that to, you know, do they help you learn lessons or do I you, learned, what do you gain from them? I learn all the time from my clients. Mm-hmm. Like, teaching helps us learn better. I feel like um, life lessons have been learned from those who quit, from those who, uh, like, look for every little excuse not to mm-hmm. continue on. Um, how they respond to setbacks like a setback for most people was this past holiday season they might have put on two or three pounds you know from all the stuff they were eating (laughs) or six (laughs) but to be able to be resilient and bounce back Mm -hmm. you know um, I've learned a lot from my clients like you know if you are in a in a rut if you're in a pattern of not Mm -hmm. being resilient and bouncing back when things don't go your way Mm -hmm. You're, you've already lost. Mm. You've already lost. If you have a mentality to say, you know what, time to cut, clean slate, 2017, let's go back at it. You're, you you have that it factor to start you towards a winning mm-hmm. mentality. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're thinking, um, you know what, I, I don't know, I messed up. You're down on yourself. You know, I don't know if I can do this, then you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. So one thing I learned from my clients is being resilient and sticking Sticking to the course, staying mm-hmm. the course is what's going to get you to your fitness goals mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. No matter how long it takes, six mm-hmm. months, eight mm-hmm. months, 12 months, mm-hmm. you know, resilience and staying mm-hmm. on top of the game mm-hmm. is very important. So people want to follow you, follow your journey, contact you. What, what's the best way to do that? I'm on social media, everything from Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. <laughs> um, you can follow me at uh, IBFit. Mm-hmm. That's underscore. Uh-huh. Um, that's like my Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on um, Facebook. Um, that's www.facebook.com forward slash IB Fit Apparel. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, if you Google IB Fit, you can find me pretty much anywhere uh-huh. um, on s- all social media outlets Twitter, uh-huh. Facebook, Instagram. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the races that you run, uh-huh. um, is there, so there's a season for them. When, when's, the, when's the season? My situation is a little different this year because uh, my coach who I was working with the, pre, the past year, mm-hmm. he moved to California. I see. So I'm here in New York thinking, okay, who's going to be my coach? Mm-hmm. I can't just replace him with anybody. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you have to be – I'm at a certain level now. Yeah. I need to make sure. Mm-hmm. So I've been self-coaching, mm-hmm. which is – I don't recommend that for anybody. I'm going to say that right now. No matter how knowledgeable you are, mm-hmm. um, you do need an extra set of eyes. Mm-hmm. You need a motivating factor that's going to help you get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, I'm struggling to find a coach that's going to fit my schedule. But I'm going to start an outdoor season, which is going to be in April. I see. So I made that decision just recently, too. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't yet mentally ready more yeah. so. I think I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape right now, but mm-hmm. not the shape that I need to be to do what I want to do yeah. on the track. So I need that um, extra push, and hopefully I'll find it by then. All right, good, good, good. Well, if anyone's listening yeah. that might be qualified, you know where to find Oscar. Actually, Let him know. Yeah. <laughs> Want to train the next Olympian, yeah? It sounds like yeah. moving to Cali is out of the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gorgeous out there, but, you know, yeah. I, I love New York. I agree. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I agree. Uh, fitness boot camp class I'm starting oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. very yeah, yeah. soon. Um, it's going to start in New York City. Um, I am planning on traveling out, but New York City is the home where I'm from, so I'm starting it there. Mm-hmm. What I plan on doing is making it an experience. Um, mm-hmm. 
not like your regular Zumba class or cardio mm-hmm. kickboxing class. I want to make people understand how to really target different muscles in their body mm-hmm. in a short time and really get an awesome workout within mm-hmm. 40 to 45 minutes. So nice. um, it's going to be very exciting. And some hip-hop, some dope hip-hop music there as well. And uh-huh. I'm also going to have some um, fellow fitness professionals helping me conduct the class as well. So awesome. it's going to be dope. Yeah. Nice, thanks. All right. all right, good, man. Oscar, man. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for coming down all the way to Brooklyn <laughs> and talking with us. Been a pleasure. Uh, it's great, man. It's and looking forward to following you in your journey mm-hmm. and having you come back. Yeah, and, and keeping us posted on That's how right. things are going for you. Absolutely, yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a really cool interview. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. That's right. Uh, so, what, what did you get out of it? You know, I got a lot out of um, talking with Oscar, but the one thing that really stands out mm. is learning from your setbacks. So. Mm. Not letting them kind of bog you down and make you want to give up, but yes. having that perseverance to learn from your setbacks and to use them to your advantage in moving forward. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a great lesson. I, I think I learned something similar to that. You know, I think so many of us have this sense of really having a dream and maybe even having a, a, uh, some talent for it, but we never quite give yeah. it our all, you know? And so I think. Oscar is a really great motivation for me in, in the sense of yep. somebody who's like kind of got by a little bit on his talent and his potential, but then he kind of, you know, was willing to really give it his all. And I think when, when, when you're willing to do that, there really is no failure there. Mm, that's right. right. Absolutely. You know, I think the failure is more when, it, when we don't give it our all or don't or really. Or don't try at all. Yeah, don't yeah. try at all. Yeah. yeah maybe right. out of fear of failure. Mm, yeah. yeah. Very profound. Yeah. <laughs> Very profound. And this next segment, we'll show you the difference between couples that have criticism present in their relationship mm-hmm. and those that use a soft startup instead. Here's a relationship with criticism. Honey, I'm home. You won't believe what happened to me today. Uh, yeah, but are you going to clean up your mess? Honey, I'm home. What a day. I think I'm going to quit my job. You're awful slobby. Hey honey, is the food ready yet? Oh baby, I'm so hungry. I was thinking about platanos all day today. I was thinking about maduros. I'm gonna get cook them so they get nice and crispy on the edge. Just how I like it. Well, I've been thinking about you picking up your pile of clothes, you dirty slob. Well, you know, you have a pile of dishes in the other room. Here's a relationship with a soft startup instead of criticism. Hey honey, I missed you so much today. Oh gosh, I think I'm gonna try to start dinner soon, babe, so that we can eat. I've been starving all day, you know? Oh honey, I know you had a really hard day, you know, it would mean a lot to me if you could pick up your clothing, though. Oh, uh, okay, babe. I'm sorry. I know it's, it's, it's kind of piling up here, huh? Yeah. I'll put it all away. Thank you, honey. That would mean a lot to me. So here are three tips so you get rid of criticism and replace it with a soft startup instead. Tip number one, using the soft startup. Instead of criticizing, accusing, and name-calling your partner, focus on the underlying request that you're trying to make. So instead of calling my husband a slob, I said I would appreciate it if you picked up the clothes. That was the underlying request. Tip number two in using the soft startup. Soften your tone and try to be polite and appreciative. 
Just because you are in conflict with your partner doesn't mean that respect and affection has to diminish. Tip number three, making statements using I instead of you. When you start sentences with I, you're less likely to seem critical, which would put your partner into a defensive position. So you know, sometimes, baby, I, I feel a little critical. I have some critical thoughts. It doesn't happen very often. Sometimes I have critical thoughts about you. And I think it really helps to, to have some mindfulness about how it's not productive. And I really take the time to reframe it in my head and to come up with a, an approach that's more productive. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm sure you never have any critical thoughts about me. No, never. You're perfect. <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, we invite you to visit us on our website at thepenashow.com. Yeah.